0: All right, right. day 271. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors Podcast. My name is Keith, and remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so, um, man, today is the first day of the book of Galatians. Uh, I'm excited because Galatians has been a hallmark in my own journey of faith. And, uh, man, it is the first letter of Paul, right? The apostle Paul, um, the most influential Christian, uh, many have said of all time. And it is widely accepted that Galatians is the most, uh, impassioned letter written by Paul, right? And many believe it's his earliest letter, right? And, um, you know, the relationship, uh, you'll see in this book and you'll see throughout the new Testament, the relationship between Jews and gentiles or those who were of israelite descent and those who were of hellenistic or greek descent um the relation between these two people groups and how they are united and how they are to relate to one another is a major question that this book is trying to answer and how the and with the new testament is trying to answer as well so when we come to galatians in paul's day these this group of people called the judaizers or it is this this jewish kind of sect came to this group of churches in Galatia and they're causing havoc. They were mentioning that one had to keep the works of the law or the works of the Torah in order to be justified, in order to receive the spirit, in order to receive the blessing that was promised to Abraham. And Paul flat out says that these folks are propagating, bringing in a different gospel. And he is trying to get these Galatian Christians to see that they aren't to fall for this counterfeit false gospel and he starts off saying this paul an apostle not from men or by man but by jesus christ and god the father who raised him from the dead that's how i hear him reading it uh and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of galatia notice it's churches not one church grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever amen i love how paul starts here notice he goes resurrection <laughs> he goes no, no no, resurrection first and then he goes death of christ now chronologically we know those two things uh uh definitely right we're in reverse order but he says fam the reason that that christ did all this right the reason that this took place the central event of history was to rescue us from this present evil age is interesting because in prevailing jewish thought in second temple judaism and in the first century in the the, the the time of paul they believed that history was broken up into two ages right so you have this present age that was characterized by evil suffering and sin but also there was this future age the glorious age the age of the messiah when he would come uh when he would come the dead will be raised and he would establish an age of righteousness, peace and blessing. And so in what Paul is saying, he says, no, no, no. we've already entered that age <laughs> because the Messiah has come. Right. And he's risen from the dead. Right. He's already brought that age forward. So in other words, he saying, you've you've been rescued from this age. So in other words, Paul's like, no, no, you're already in the future right? It's mind blowing. And it's, and it's, and it's amazing. And we could plummet the depths of that. So uh, for so long, but he's like, no, no, you're already in the future. You're already in that age. And because of, and this is because of what Jesus has done. He is, he has made you new. He's already, you've already experienced the blessing of the age to come through the work of the spirit. Right. And we, and we have a hint of what heaven is like. And the implication of that is that we are dead to the world. Right. And what he doesn't mean is that we don't engage with the world, right? We don't live in the world. We, we don't just go off in, into uh, um, a sectarian desert and just don't engage with anybody. He's not saying that. He's saying, basically, the Christian is now dead to the social, religious, and cultural distinctions characteristic of the old world order. And he'll get into that more. In other words, what Paul is saying, he's like, no, no. Like, you don't operate socially politically theologically or culturally the way the rest of the world does right and paul is off the gate he's at the gate going ham right and he's saying like this is how the gospel comes to bear in human life and he turns he turns in. He turns around. And he says, "No, no. I'm appalled. I'm flabbergasted. I'm incensed. Right? Y'all are turning to a different gospel." And he says, that, "And not that there is one, but there are some who are making it seem as if there is. Right?" And he says, "No, no. A curse be on them. Literally, anathema. Right? Let them be accursed. Right?" And he says, "Verse 11. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. <laughs> right?" And he transitions. At this point, to defend his apostleship right to the church, he's going to to, to show how he's legit. And these guys that, that came in and trying to wreak havoc in, uh, in the church and lead them astray are not right. And he, and he, and he goes and he goes on. He's like, fam. In other words, he says, I'm trying to underscore the point that my apostleship and the gospel I preach has its origin in the person and work of the triune God. Right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It was revealed to me by the risen Christ. Christ, the gospel of God was revealed to me by the son through the power of the spirit. And from there, he goes into his conversion in chapter one. We still in chapter one. He goes through his conversion. And he gives his testimony. Now, Paul only gives his testimony uh, here and in, I believe, first Timothy in his letters. So it's important to see what he says when he actually says it. Right. And in Acts, we've seen that in Acts Um, anyway. But the unassailable credential here for Paul is that he is essentially commissioned by the risen Christ himself. Right now, one could argue like, Paul, you didn't actually live with Jesus like the other twelve. So, so, so there there could be a questioning of his authority. And so Paul's like, no, no, like even better. Like I was commissioned by the risen Christ. He, he directly revealed himself, uh, to me. And he says, like, this had been God's plan for me since the womb, right? For him to reveal his son in me and for me to preach the son of God among the Gentiles. Now, it's so interesting because Paul is going to use uh, an echo language from the servant song of Isaiah 49 and from Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And he's going to use language from those texts to say that, hey, that 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 the good news going to the nations, which those texts talk about uh, has extended and been fulfilled and is still coming to bear within Paul's very own ministry, right? God has always... According to Paul. And he's like low-key he getting ahead of himself. He's gonna he's gonna unpack this bad boy some more. He says, God, God always wanted to receive this universal recognition, praise, and worship as he reigns as the one God over the entire universe. This is the story Paul is about to lay out for us. This is the story that he's caught up in, and we are as well. Right? This is the beautiful story that is not of human origin, which we'll talk about more. Galatians two. At the beginning of two, he's like, fam. He's like, fam. No, 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 no. To make sure I wasn't tripping, I went and got up with the other initial apostles, my G. Like, the ones that walk with Christ, right? Therefore, my gospel is fact-checked, vetted, and verified. You feel me? So, in verses 1 to 10, Paul is like, no, no, no. Like, check it. Like, I double-checked to make sure your boy wasn't running in vain, right? Verse 7, on the contrary, they saw that I have been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Now, it's funny, because Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, Peter to the Jews. Nonetheless, the same God. You <laughs> see, he's, he's already setting it up. The same God is at work in both of them, right? Then he goes on to say that Peter, James, and John, remember, that is the, 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 the apostolic cohort, right? Jesus' three closest disciples during his time on earth. He says, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle of Christ's apostles apostles gave me the right hand of fellowship bro agreeing that we should go to the gentiles and i love it because he said uh listen he says and he just said one thing yo do that and remember the poor right remember the poor along the way and i love how paul and recounting the legitimacy of his uh apostolic ministry includes as part of his commissioning to go to the poor right remember remember the poor aren't an addendum to the mission of the church but integral to it right and I love that. That should be true of us as well. Paul is definitely into deep theology and understanding the inner workings of what God is doing in history. But we have to remember that we still got to go to the poor as well. Right. Um, and it's good because, you know, Paul is trying to show that these Galatian churches that if anybody knows what it means to be saved, that if anybody knows what it means for Gentiles to be saved and brought into the incorporated into the people of God at this point of redemptive history, it's him it's him fam it's him now again what's the problem what's what are the judaizers trying to say they're trying to say that in order to be a part of the people of god gentiles specifically you have to keep torah you have to keep torah to be justified to be right with god to receive the spirit and paul is like i'm stamped g i'm stamped by christ himself i'm stamped by the messiah and those that walk with him and so then he gets to in verse 11 he gets into something we call ethnocentrism right and this is why this is and this is why side note, this is why race questions that we face in our society as christians fam we have an abundance of resources right uh to talk about and speak sophisticated in a sophisticated manner about those things anyway he says um you know you know you know he's like uh you know uh one of the, the things that we have to to realize is that uh, at the end of the day jews and gentiles right He's talking about this dynamic. Jews and Gentiles in the first century um, was not only spiritual right? it was not only religious, but it was very much cultural and ethnic as well. And So Peter comes to Antioch and Paul lets him have it. Why? Well, because before cats came from James, he was eating with Gentiles. But now that cats from the circumcision party uh, came, Peter withdrew out of fear of these other Jewish cats. Right. So he was eating with Gentiles before. Then when the circumcision party came, um, the Judaizers, he withdrew. And it says he withdrew again out of fear. I love it because how much of our unfaithfulness, man, is present in our lives because we fear what certain people will think of us. We fear other people like there's a fear in us of other people. That's why we, uh, uh, you know, don't stand up for what we actually believe in. That's why we don't check people when they say stuff that's wild and it's blasphemous to the Lord Jesus. That's why we, you know, are ashamed of our faith because we actually fear other people. And Paul says the sad part is that he led other Jews astray. It wasn't just Peter. It it had like this. uh, 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 uh What's the word I'm looking for? Golly. It, it had this effect where it just spread contagious. Yeah, it had this contagious effect. Oh, he led Barnabas. Even my man, Bar, even my man B, led him astray. And I love verse 14. He says, but when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, what I told Cephas in front of everyone, right? He's like, no, I opposed, bro, to his face. And it's so good, bro, because again, bro, like Peter was the guy, right? Peter was the guy before Paul was the guy. And for Paul to stand up to Peter says a lot. Listen, it's not even about, uh, Position, right? It's not about our position in the kingdom because we all stand on equal footing before Christ in some sense, right? But or, or and and we here have that Peter was a leader, but for Paul to um, confront him about his compromising of the gospel says a lot, and it and it works as a, a template for us, right? Like there's there's nobody that is above our critique, uh, especially when they're compromising the very gospel of God, and. What, I, what, what, what interests me, though, in this text in 214, um what way in what way we have to ask ourselves, in what way is Paul defining the gospel to the effect that he could say that Peter, by not having table fellowship with Gentiles, was deviating from the gospel. You see what I'm saying? So he's like, if, if he's not eating with Gentiles, how is that deviating from the gospel? Paul, help me understand. And what Paul is going to do is defend his gospel. So so in other words, at first, if he was defending his apostleship and how he was legit, stamped, vetted, right, verified, you feel me? Now he's defending the actual gospel that he preaches. You dig what I'm saying? And so, um, and, and, and this is where debate now ensues among scholars. But it seems to me, if I'm carefully reading this text, that Paul is saying, like the gospel, and, and he will get into this later in three, is that by faith, listen, Jews and Gentiles are one. And they're both justified in the same way, therefore, right? Gentiles... Therefore, Gentiles do not have to keep the law or the Torah to be included, included into the people of God by the Holy Spirit. Right. This is what Paul is saying. And this is why Paul is going to say, no, no, no. Like verse 15, we who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, we we are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet because we know that a person is not justified by the by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. I like works of Torah, uh, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Jesus christ jesus (laughs) you see how he says that now one of the things i have to say oh my god is so much listen one of the things that paul is saying he said i'm preaching this faith about the messiah right that the messiah has come and he is bringing his kingdom and that we are invited jew and gentile to be into the kingdom of god and 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 the torah we do not have uh, we do not have to keep the torah as gentiles gentiles don't have to keep the torah to be a part of the new people that the messiah is trying to make out right and what he's saying in that text 15 and 16 he's like no, no. In other words, Jews who are rightly thinking about this thing, rightly understanding the scriptures would have understood this. He says, we who are Jews by birth know this. We should know this. Right. Um, we're justified by faith in Messiah, not Torah plus Messiah uh, at all. Right. That doesn't save us. That doesn't justify us. And in three, he he unpacks his argument and, and how he gets there. He says, "Uh, you know, he makes this powerful and sharp turn. He's like, uh, you know, check it. I only want to learn from this, learn this from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Verse six, just like Abraham, who believed God and it was credit to him for righteousness. You know, then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now, the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. What does Paul do? Brilliant. Paul says. You Judaizers, you Jews who want to come in and distort these Christ communities with a, a false gospel. Let me let me let me argue on your own ground. Right. Help me understand. Y'all are talking about the law and the Torah. Y'all haven't even went back farther far enough. Right. One, two, um, in Paul's day, Jews carried with them a sense of status because of their lineage and being Abraham's descendants. Right. In fact, Abraham was so revered in some uh, second temple, non uh, scriptural texts that some seen him as the quintessential Jew. Right. Some some texts even say that he he was the, he was perfect. Right. According to righteousness, that he kept the law perfectly and knew it uh, before it even came. Hold another the podcast. But Paul is sharp and he says, even he. <laughs> Even he was justified. If he's your model, that's fine. Even he was justified by believing God's promise in the Old Testament, right? Not because of anything, not because of any Torah observance, right? Genesis chapter fifteen. And those who have faith, those are his true children. And Paul's point is, no, no. no. If Abraham was declared righteous before the law, how could someone be made right with the law, right? By the law, right? And and Paul goes on. And he says the promises that God made to Abraham included these Gentile Christians today. They were included in that very promise. God had planned a way for their salvation apart from anything law based. All right. And because of Christ's death and resurrection, this can be true. Now, you may say, all right, Paul, that may be a leap. And Paul argues so tightly fam. And I can't get into every nuance. But one of the things that he's consistently talking about in this text is the Holy Spirit. Right. In other words, uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the one who comes from Abraham's line. The Messiah dies, resurrects, he ascends, he is enthroned in heaven, and from heaven, what does he do according to Acts chapter 2? He pours out his spirit. Now when the Messiah pours out his spirit, the spirit doesn't just fall on Jews, Acts chapter 2, but Gentiles as well, Acts chapter 10. So in other words, when you come to faith, the Holy Spirit comes in you. And what does the Holy Spirit do? The primary job of the Holy Spirit, fam, listen to me carefully. If you don't remember, nothing I ever say about the spirit. The primary job of the spirit is to bring you into fellowship and unite you with Christ, to unite us with Christ, to where we can be in him and he is in us. And because we are in him, we can receive the very things that he received. You see what I'm saying? So the promises were not just made to Abraham, but also to his seed, Galatians 3, uh, verse 16. And we are that seed, singular, because we are united and inside of, included and grafted into the very Messiah. In other words, we share in the Messiah's rule and reign because we're uh, one with him. We have this fellowship with him because of his spirit. And, and, and what do we call it now? just says the messiah is the son of god we are called sons of god and it's so interesting because again many people will be like oh look at the new testament look at the bible uh it's it's misogynistic see so he's talking about sons what about daughters it's so good because what paul is saying he's he's obviously talking about men and women and he goes into that in galatians three twenty-eight, and he's trying to say you know slave free this cuts costs all lines Cuts across cuts across all lines and he's saying because you are sons you're, you're, you're on the same level, right? Remember women in the ancient world had a second class social status. So to even just call all of us sons was to level the playing field, right? By the Holy Spirit. And so what God does is not only that, you're, you're, you're on this level playing field, but you're a family, right? You're a family. You are you are children of, of Abraham, but also children of God. And I think Paul's point is this, fam. Listen, if you're in God's family based on the gracious gift to us, uh, that has been given in Christ. Your place in this family is always secure, right? You're, it's always secure. And God has had this long drawn out plan that is wise, intelligent, beautiful and beyond human contra- comprehension. It is is—it uh, is beyond a human origin as Paul says in uh, Galatians 1 that it couldn't have been made up by a human being. But the irony is is that this plan includes human beings, right? And this new family of humans again includes people of all colors classes and stripes to display the manifold glory of god in christ let's pray god we ask that we will remember uh what your gospel is and what is done how beautiful uh the the tapestry is that you've created i pray lord that we wouldn't be led astray by counterfeit Narratives, other gospels, there's no other redemption story like the one you've provided. For us, I pray that this story would be uh, in our souls and our bones, Father, and that we would uh, not just make it known everywhere we go, but we would live in such a way that it would be compelling to those around us. It's in Christ's name we pray.